focus because, that you'd look to, to sort of as even as just a, a model of how you could you could do it, or a model of how not to do it. Well, the books that were in the house, right. and and that's the beautiful thing about books um, that there is no backstage. There is no, there are no cables and wires behind the thing. What you see is everything, and so it's a, it's up to how you can figure out. Oh. You know what's happening where, but it can be done. Um, I can't. I, obviously, you can't look to them for form because it happens over a long the length of the book. Uh, but I did look just like. I mean, you look to anything. Len date for dialogue. Well, as soon as you start writing what you think is dialogue and go that shit, and you need to read in that. Great if you if you come into a spy novel or a detective novel because they've got that down pat, and of course it's very terse. And when you look at it writ, if you extract a piece of dialogue, it's way too economical. It's not lifelike. But when you read it through, you, it's perfectly fine, and your brain doesn't stop at no point in a piece of good dialogue. Do you stop and go? That doesn't sound real. And you just go through. Um, and I discovered that the, the brain, I mean, these things are, are just triggers for neuroscience. A book is an amazing neuroscientific trick. But one thing we do, even with our own speech, is to... Um, the brain smooths it all out. So that, although we might fumble and backtrack and, uh, and leave sentences unfinished... Um, when we remember, even in the minute, if I remember this conversation, it will be seamless and to the point and unbroken. And if you write it that way in a book, the brain will elaborate the rest yeah. and make it um, so. But you were learning this by what a sort of endless pro- that first time that you were through it, just a process of experimentation of. Yeah, trying things out. Trying things out. I was lucky because I had the voice from the first sentence, and of course it's in someone else's voice, um, and so his dialogue was taken care of. Uh, it was just a question of everyone else, and um, <laughs> that little, that little matter. Yeah, that, that matter. Yeah. Well, and that's the reason in the first draft of the book there wasn't really anyone else in it. He didn't have dialogue because it was just easier to make him. So I did the what I guess everyone naturally wants to do which is just tell the story instead of show it happening right so the first draft was very quick because it was just him talking about stuff and complaining but nothing actually happened really around him are you saying that that first draft was about five weeks I guess this is what I'm curious about with Release the Bats it sounds like the sort of persona that's the right word of you as a writer that I was getting from the book I don't know how close this was someone very instinctive it would seem like a very emotional at least for that sort of first draft I think you said it was yeah five weeks in, in, in the writing was it different than when you you were talking about creating the, the voice for Release the Bats your voice I didn't create it oh, but you have yeah, to find, find it, it find you know? it yeah who find am I it. talking to yeah um, was that a different that must be a very different process then to to uncover yeah, was it quite I mean I was wondering it if it's unnerving in any way to yeah. try and hear your it is, yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't want to look at it. It's like recording. <laughs> it's like recording your voice, but you know, you see clues along the way. And I saw a um, it was a particular issue in, in my head to to wonder what 
Uh, you have to, to find your natural voice, you have to know who you're addressing. Because obviously I'm going to speak differently to you than I will to, you know, the queen or a child or an enemy. Um, so we have different voices, or our voice adjusts according to the listener. Um, and so figuring that out was tricky. But then I was in Spain, and on late night, you know, three o'clock in the morning, late night, Spanish television, uh, a couple of guys came on who were flamenco players, uh, a couple of very good guitarists, uh, but not showmen. I mean, this was like art form players. And I just watched this guy because it's... I mean, it's quite silly in a way. There's beautiful music, mm. and I like flamenco very much. But to presume that you will just come in front of a camera and sit and play a tune, in a way, is, um, is quite unnatural. Mm. But I noticed these guys, and they were, they were very meek and quite humble and, uh, and quite shy guys. But as soon as they sat to the guitar, a certain tone came over the, the man's face and he just went into his thing as best he could and it was great he concentrated and he gave it it was the format of a job and he came on and said okay it's only me however I'm going to play this piece now and that's the job and I'm going to focus in and he did and there was just a the way many guitar you know even your best friend your idiot friend when he sits down with a guitar you know changes um, into the guitar player <laughs> and I thought that's what I have to do it's a job it's a you know if, if I have to tell this story then I need to focus in and, and uh, just tell it so it gave me a that gave me the sense of how I should approach it prisoner gave me a sense of who okay. I was speaking to and that was the, that was all I needed There's a real sense of enthusiasm in the book. I mean, I, I think it's just used to talk before that it's kind of made me want to actually try and write and break through all the kind of mad obstacles that go around. I hope so. And, and that'd be great. It's and true. just because it seems silly not to. That was that kind of enthusiasm. And there's a wonderful passage. We're going to refer to all these quotes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to quote you. It looks like Big Bird. This is great. Yeah, great passage. Um, about rocket fuel and this idea of gathering inspiration and this it's a quite a bravura paragraph just working yourself up to to get ready to write but I also felt you were you really want whether it was the prisoner or the, re the reader you really want them to write to get past all of their obstacles because it's there yeah there's a there's a sound barrier <laughs> and I found it no there really is it's so much easier it gets harder and harder and harder and harder when you sit down first to start writing it just gets more and more difficult up to a point and it comes a certain point when you've frustrated yourself enough and pissed yourself off and when you're full of loathing when you've left the thing a hundred times and checked your emails and <laughs> fucking avoided it um there is a point if you get enough self-loathing even or enough anger you're through a barrier and that that energy brings out the you know what it is you want to say we want to write for some reason unless you're doing a 
uh, a formula novel, okay. which I'm sure benefits from the same thing, but then it's different because you can, you know, it's a, a work of technique, and you can do that more like a jigsaw puzzle, and it's a different to brain thing. Um, but the spirit thing presumes that if we say, I've got a book to write, that there is something in there saying I want to be written, and you know, sometimes you have to stick your finger down your throat to get it out sometimes. Then. So what stops you... I think we talked a little bit about it. You it's uncomfortable. Oh, right. I have a kill switch anyway, okay. and a lot of people do have, a, like, the racing dog. If you go to the dog races, you'll see that dogs are born with the nature. Some of them, but a rare few, will go out front and stay in the lead and want to stay in the lead. Right. Most of them will want to reach the leader and stay there. Um, and a bunch more will just want to be behind the leader. Keeping their eye. Yeah, and every every race has that set of natures. And it's how they make money <laughs> by knowing which ones are which. Because, of course, in the trials and the things that have, that have set their form in the paper aren't their natures and a good... A good spotter at the dog races will know which dogs just have it in them to want to be in front. Right. And they're not many, and I think it's the same with people, that we refer to what's going on around us. We refer to people like us, but it's very rare and it's uncomfortable for us to say, let's go out front and, and open up something new and do something that no one else is doing. You know, Everyone says it, and the culture is founded on that spirit, and you know, less than 0.1% of us will naturally have that. Is it a kind of is it the fear of something being hubristic? I mean, is it was it or is it something deeper? It's actually ex- I don't know. exposing well, yourself. It's I mean, a that... family psychology as well. You grow up with style. I mean, I'm the black sheep <laughs> in, the, in the family net, so it's my job to have lots of promise and not to fulfill it. <laughs> it's just my job. And you're, you're bred like the dog. I mean, you're bred to do what your job is in life. The golden child, the black sheep, the, you know, the middle kid, and all these different places in the family will set the, will set the nature. Did you, so did you follow that? I mean, so I had a very successful father. Um, he was successful at everything he turned his hand to, really polymathematical. Um, but part of the deal was that that not be challenged. And so... Uh, you know, although in in your external world you're given all the encouragement and told that the sky's the limit, the psychological truth is that you know you're in the shadow and that's not your place to to challenge that or to go up there. And um, so, what was your so just shit like what was that. your response to was it to be? To <coughs> I be have the... to well, if I had to get pissed off enough, is where <laughs> my energy came from. <clears throat> You know, that, to, a, to get it out, it just needs a it needs a rocket under it. So, did you need to sort of get angry and and to be the black sheep to get to find your own bit of the bit of turf almost to get away from just to put the words down that I thought was good. But with your family, was that was that also a way? Oh, for you I to... never worked that out. Okay. Both, <laughs> no, I never fucking worked it out until this decade. Both my parents are dead now, okay. um, and. Uh, it, you know, it took the entirety of their life to work out any of that dynamic. 
and we don't of course no. we don't sit around and I don't think we should you know sit around Was there any, with writing about it, was that, was that ever a concern? I know some artists almost sort of scrupulously don't go, wouldn't want to analyse too closely what gives them the rocket fuel. You wouldn't want to, if you sort of, if you, I think people get worried that if you sort of say, oh, it's made of the following chemicals. Yeah. But when you sit down the next time, you go, I have to sort of, was that a concern that you would sort of slightly demystify things? Well, yeah, it's a, it's it's uh, it's an exposure, but I'm convinced. See, we're coming into what I reckon is going to be a century of psychology of neuropsychology, because everything else is working really well. Technology is uh, steaming ahead, and the only real failures left, and now they're becoming glaring. <laughs> is that we remain as primitive as we were when we came out of the trees. Literally, nothing has changed in the human nature in two and a half million years that we've been building tools. And um, that's not to say that we can necessarily do anything, but I just have a sense that... Um, the psychological landscape is really shitty for individuals at the moment. Individualism is a is a very scary thing. It's not a good thing for people. Mm-hmm. We have it because it makes us consume. I mean, it works like a tree. Yeah. Uh, and so the stick and the carrot, the stick being fear, uh, the carrot being you know one or another uh, product or remedy, um, it keeps the economy going and etc. I just without giving my whole story away um, in the book I wanted enough of it I just it's kind of coded because I've got a sense there'll be a lot of people out there I mean they don't have to be shagged by their dad to have a conflict in them mm. and plenty will have been shagged by their dad as well um, but I just I wanted it to just be a code to give enough to say, you know, start thinking about who was around you, you know, who was the golden child and who was the, what your examples were, were they reachable, why you feel shitty, what makes you feel shitty, um, just to touch on it enough for people to get a sense that that actually is where our power lies without necessarily confessing any of our stories that's where our anger and our conflict will come from and that is what will drive us to write is there something about writing that can help if you ask most writers does write does the act of writing and making stories and i've I've talked to crime writers about it who write about the sort of darkest you know areas and literary writers too and both of them actually say no that crime writers tend to say no i just think about it in terms of actually of technique and of structure and solving certain problems and literary writers go oh you know it's a, it's a different thing I'm channeling you know whatever that mm. but very few people will actually say there is something about uh, allowing my, my imagination to run right for how many hours a day and then trying to shape that into a, into a narrative and create characters that, that, that does me any good it sounds like you may, you may be one of the exceptions well that's the that's the power pill put it this way you only have to look around yourself to see that art, all art, 
uh, in its greatest and purest examples comes from weirdos. You know, and no matter how you judge it, look at the most expensive, make a, make a poll of the most expensive works. Um, and you find only two kinds of artists, the ones who admit and the ones who don't admit that they're out there, you know, Warhol and Van Gogh and... Well, that great story you tell about Tom, Thomas Wolfe that he could... <laughs> There's a letter. <laughs> I would love to see the letter. He actually wrote this to his editor, is the reason we know it. Obviously, he had written prior to that, but yeah, he struggled and struggled. And he wrote a letter to his editor saying, I just by, completely without thinking today, stood up at the, I think he stood at the fridge or at some high cabinet, looking out the window naked. Uh, and I realized, and the writing was going really well. And I realized I was fucking funny myself. So I think I'll do that. And it worked. Uh, Just yeah. don't take that to the British Library. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs>